Jesus says quite clearly in today's scripture, if anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all. He shall be servant of all. Good morning, Christian America. Jesus's words today, that phrase that I just quoted for you, should send a shockwave through our psyche. If we want to be first, we're going to have to be last. If we want to seek the kingdom, we're going to have to be a servant of all. We're not going to be served. We are to serve. We should follow in his footsteps. We should follow him. We should pick up our cross. Jesus is teaching his ministry that we've been continuing to delve into is leading us to the cross. It's leading us to the washing of feet. It should be leading us in our hearts to be better people, to serve rather than be served. Let's get into the word today. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. If you seek like we do to revitalize the Christian faith. If you want to help out, we don't ask for donations. We ask you for your participation. Participate in the revitalization effort. Share, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, like all of our social media platforms or social media sites on all the various social media platforms. That's Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Parlor, our YouTube channel, this the Good Morning Christian America YouTube channel, the rumble channel the good morning christian america rumble channel we seek to revitalize the christian faith across this nation you can be a participant in that effort you can be a participant in that effort we encourage you to be a participant in that effort by liking this facebook page this social media page this um this podcast and sharing it with your friends having conversations about the good news friends it is the good news it's god's revelations to us He's speaking through it to us, to our hearts, to our minds. He speaks to us wherever we are, physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, spiritually, intellectually. Jesus speaks to the most highly intellectual people, and he speaks to those who can barely read. He was surrounded with people who could not read or write, but they had a fervor inside them. He grew the fire of faith in them. And those 12 fishermen changed the world. They provided us with the text that we read today. They laid the groundwork on how to live and how to be a community. What Jesus' teachings really were like because they were eyewitnesses to it all. Some, John and Matthew, wrote it themselves. Some passed on that information and scribes wrote down. Their own followers wrote down the works of Christ. And because they did that work and because they served the community rather than be served by the community, we have this sacred text. We have this sacred scripture. We have a tradition to follow by, to, to, to follow. We have an example that was set for us that, that we can attempt to live out the best way that we know how. 
That is the glory of God. That is the good news that Scripture provides. That is the gospel. And we try to provide just a small portion of it to you guys on, on Mondays and Fridays and then periodically throughout the week. So uh, we encourage you to be a part of the community. We encourage you to, to, to get involved in the revitalization effort of the Christian faith across this nation because it's under attack. I don't need to... I don't need to tell you that. If you have eyes and you have ears, you know that it's under attack. Our way of life is under attack. Our values are under attack. Our families are under attack. Our children are under attack. On every aspect of society, no matter where we go, no matter where we send our children, they're surrounded, as scripture says, amongst the wolves. And so we, we have to revitalize our faith. It starts in here. It starts internally. And it spreads to our family and those closest to us. And it spreads out to our neighbors and our community. And it's, hopefully then it spreads out to our local states and localities and across this entire nation. Twelve men from Galilee changed the world with no technology. Just the word of mouth and the Holy Spirit. Let us seek that Holy Spirit and use the tools at our disposal to spread the Word of God and revitalize the faith of ourselves, our family, and our friends to once again change the world for the better. And so in that light, we're going to read you another portion of Scripture. So if you follow this podcast on Monday, you know that we're continuing to go Snippet by snippet, uh, text by text, chapter by chapter, in ver in order, verbatim, so you get the context of the scripture through the Gospel of Mark. And so today we're uh, in, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. We're going to start on verse 33, where Jesus is talking about the greatest in the kingdom. And comparing that into what we live today. How do we live today? And in comparison to what Jesus is about to reveal to us in these four or five short verses about being the greatest in the kingdom. So let's get right into the word. And I'd ask you to grab your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 33. Verse 33 says that they came to Capernaum and once inside the house, he began to ask them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. He's talking to his disciples. But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down. He called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst. And putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. There's a lot of in-depth analysis we could go into in those four short verses about what he means when he says 
the one who sent me and not receiving me, but the one who sent me, equating himself to God and the long running discussion of, of, about the divinity of Jesus. But we won't get into that this morning. Instead, we want to focus on being the greatest. That's the conversation because these 12 men that are following Jesus are just like us. They're regular old human beings that have their own agendas. They have their own ideas. They have their own dreams. They have their own goals. They have their own everything. Imagine 12, you and 11 of your friends hanging out together, walking from town to town and, you know, seeking something good, something great, something that that's never been sought before and thinking that you're, that you're a part of it. Imagine those conversations and, and kind of the, the agendas, the jealousies that might, that might pop up because we're all sinful and we all have, you know, sin inherent in us because we, 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 we are the lost sheep without a shepherd. And so Jesus is that shepherd. He recognizes the division. What are you arguing about? Oh, they were arguing about who's the greatest. They don't want to say it. They don't want to say it because they don't want to sound selfish. They don't want to say it because they don't want to seem small. They don't want to seem ambitious. They don't want to seem greedy. Because all of those emotions are probably in there when they're arguing or they're discussing who's the greatest among them. And then Jesus has to call all 12 of them, not just a few of them. So you would figure that they were all involved in this conversation. I mean, you got a couple of brothers, groups of brothers. You got, you know, uh, uh, Simon and Andrew. You got John and James. They're those two sets of brothers. And, you know, they're yeah, later on in Scripture, John and James and his mom come and his, his mom petitions Jesus, take my sons to, to be on your left and your right in the kingdom of heaven. Right. There, so there's there's always this kind of undertone of of competition between the group and Jesus brings them all together and he sits them down and he and he, and he brings a, a child in their midst and he says some words that we should hear and reflect on this you know th this Monday as we get ready to start our week into the world he says that if you want to be greatest you're going to have to be last of all you're going to have to be servant of all this is not me saying this. This is not some, you know, motivational speaker saying this. This is not some government appointee saying this. This is not your 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 local, you know, whoever, your boss saying this. Because if we were to say this, we would think you would think that I had an agenda. Imagine if I showed up to to, to your house, knocked on your door, and said, "If you want to be great, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to serve me." What would you say? I'm not serving you. Who are you? Right? You got an agenda. Why would I serve you? Why do what, what do you what do you want? What are you trying to get at? But we're not Jesus. We're not Christ. Christ gives these commandments. Christ lets us know that if you want to be the greatest, you're gonna to have to be last. You're gonna to have to be servant of all. So ask yourself then today, ponder your own actions and your own thoughts. Examine your own conscience. When you listen to the word of God, you say, I'm a believer in Christ. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I put Jesus first. I'm, I'm moved in the spirit. 
I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. We've got a lot of people who say things like that. We And I pray that they're all true. Got a lot of people who, who, who say that. And maybe they actually believe that. But at the same time, they, they say, they talk about how much they're saved. How much Jesus loves them and how much they love Jesus. And they sing to him. They worship him and they praise him outwardly. But then they seek to be served. They seek riches of the world. They seek to be left alone. They seek their own definition of riches or wealth or comfort. But Jesus says that if you want to be greatest, that you're going to have to serve. This is not the only time in scripture he talks about service, about being last, about being uh, helpful to those who need help, about being kind to those who need a kind word, to be generous to those who have less, to visit people in the jail cell, to heal or to help the sick, to comfort those that are afflicted. So when you say that you're saved, when you say that you love Jesus and Jesus loves you and you're you know, bound for that promised land, but you're not donating your time, your talent, your treasure to build the kingdom of God, if you're not going out and speaking the word, if you're not helping those who need help, if you're not being kind to those who need a kind word, if you're not being generous with both your time or your money or whatever you can give to the people who don't have. If you're not visiting those in prison or in the jail cell, conducting prison ministry, if you're not helping the homeless or you're not feeding the hungry, if you're not spending your time, your talent or your treasure serving other people, instead you're working to be served, you're working to gain money to hire people to serve you, all right? And you think about how many people serve you every day. Think about your Uber driver who's serving you. Think about your waiter or waitress who's serving you. Think about your uh, the, the 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 cash the lady at the cash register. She's serving you. She's doing she's doing things for you. All of these people they're doing things for you. How can you? How can we? Because I don't want to make it just about if you're taking this personally. Because I'm part of this as well as we all are, how do we collectively seek to be the greatest, seek to be the greatest in the kingdom, seek to be with our Lord and Savior, seek eternal life, because that's what we say that we seek, and yet we don't serve. We're not taking our time to help our community. We're not taking our time to help build the kingdom, to help volunteer at our churches, to help volunteer at outreach organizations, to volunteer at the homeless shelter, to volunteer at the food kitchens, to volunteer to help those people who need help. But love to show up on Sunday with their Bible in their hand, praising the Lord, telling people that I'm saved wearing Christian t-shirts like the one that I have on right now. 
Let us examine our conscience when we hear God's words today in this passage. Let us examine what we're doing and how we are, or how we're not helping those in our community who need help. This past 12 months, 15 months, we've seen the exponential expanse of poverty. Those who were already struggling economically, academically, socially with food insecurity or lack of housing and homelessness and mental illness, all of those numbers have gone up. The lives of those individuals and those communities has gotten worse. There's never been a more needed time for people who are comfortable financially, physically, in their home. There's never been a better time, a more necessary time for us, and I'll include myself in that, to get out there, the need to get out there and help those who are struggling today. And that's where I want to leave it at th this Monday. I want to leave it right there. And, and hopefully you, you reread this passage. It's four verses. Think about what Jesus is saying. Think about what you claim to believe. Because here he is, the king of the world, the king of kings, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end the Lord of Lords, with all power and all might and all glory. And he chose to be nailed to a cross. He chose to wash the feet of fishermen from Galilee. He chose to heal the sinners. He chose to befriend the tax collectors. He chose to stand up to the ruling class on their behalf, on our behalf. Ask yourself what you can do to serve all as Jesus calls us to. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you like what we're trying to do here, if you support revitalizing the Christian faith across this nation, we don't ask for donations. This whole spill wasn't about donations. You can't donate to the Christian American revitalization effort. You can't donate to the Christian American community. We don't accept donations. We don't want donations. We want you to participate in the community. Get into the word of God and then spread it to your friends and family. Live it because it's necessary. The time is coming where it's only going to only gonna be even more necessary. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, um, until Friday, you guys have a blessed week. Spread the word of God. Until then, stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.